Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This is the Leaf Sky Podcast. Here's your host, Jim Taddy. Hi, everybody. Thank you, Mike Ross, for that fine introduction, and welcome to Leaf Sky, episode 138. In the next half hour, David McCarthy and I will go over a stumbling Maple Leaf hockey team. They look so good, and then, well... Not so good. Before we get going, we know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks, get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Here is the call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with the code THPN. New customers bet just $5 on the NHL, get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for complete details. So, on to the hockey story, and after a great trip to California, the Leafs come back, beat San Jose on home ice, and then stumble against the Islanders on the road, against Colorado at home, and Sunday night against Detroit at home. The theme is, in the losses, cannot hold on to a lead. Boy, they look good when they have the lead, and all of a sudden, the switch goes off, and it's a struggle. It's not any one part of the team, it's the whole team. Dave McCarthy from SiriusXMNHL.com stopped by, and here is our conversation. Well, Dave, we've got this 10-game sample size, 4-4-2. The four wins are impressive. The four losses are not, and some of the overtime losses aren't either. I mean, they're on a three-game skid now, and uh, they just can't they can't salvage a lead. I just don't know what to make of this. It is confounding, to be sure, because coming out of the Christmas break, the results weren't there. Um, against, the Columbus, against Columbus there on the Friday, I think it was the 29th, Samsonov's last start you started to see some good trends at five on five. Um, you know, as Sheldon Keith mentioned, and I agree with him that that game was a mess because he couldn't get a stop, but at five on five, they actually weren't that bad. Um, and then up until San Jose scored the following Saturday, late in that game, which was already out of reach, they didn't give up a five on five goal, all of that uh, against Carolina on, on the Saturday, the 30th at home, and then all throughout California up until the end of that 
San Jose game. So there were some good trends there defensively for sure, structure-wise, um, and even strength. Um, I, I guess looking back now, the grain of salt you have to take with that is that they didn't exactly do it against world-beating teams. Yeah, L- LA's a, a decent team, but they've been going through it themselves of late. I mean, what have they lost eight in a row? Um, and and then you play Anaheim. I thought they were really good in that game. Lucas Dostal went, you know, legend. Um, but they found a way to win, and then they beat San Jose relatively easily, and then they beat them again relatively easily at home. So you're like, okay, maybe they're cooking a little bit. But like I said, not exactly against competition that is all that impressive. And then and then since then they haven't been able to hold leads, which is quite uh, quite disconcerting um and now that they've they've squandered you know five of, of six points that were right there for the taking and, and then suddenly they've, they've really let detroit right back into the mix here well and the strange thing about that the detroit game is uh, an interesting one because uh, the wings although they played more games are are right in the leafs neighborhood and i would never equate those two teams as being close to being on the same page but they are well i mean who's that old NFL coach that, you know, our record is what, what, uh, what it says we are, whatever that quote is. Yeah. We are That's, who we think we are. We are who we think we are, or they are who we thought they were. Yeah. You know, something that, like that. that. Yeah. But that's, that's fact of the matter. Like, you know, you can think you're a, a much better team, which, which they probably are Toronto than Detroit, but you sit here halfway through the year and the record says, says the truth. Um, which which suggests that the Leafs haven't played up to their capabilities um, enough this season. You know, and that's really what it comes down to, right? We sit and we bemoan and we whine about the playoff form, and not you and I, but certainly people at the end of the year. And, oh, look, the Leafs have got to face, you know, Florida or Boston or a real good team in the first round. Well, do you know why that is? Is because you piss points away against teams like Buffalo and Columbus and uh, Columbus again, and Chicago, and you let leads get away when you're completely in control of the game, and then you, you tack on 10 or 12 points at the end of the year of, of points that you've, you've literally thrown away, and that's the difference between finishing in second or third or winning the division and getting perhaps a more favorable matchup. So they really only have themselves to thank, quite honestly. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and, and there's some things that, that keep coming back. So uh, when they were playing well, obviously their, their big four forwards were doing a nice job. But now we're back to the rotating left side. Um, and this is an ongoing problem. It seems to come out every maybe quarter of the season, every 20 games or so, that they, they run into this problem. Um, and so Holmberg goes up and plays with Matthews and Martyr and Nice because of defensive lapses, drops down to the fourth line. Um, but there's no, like, the, as good as we like Holmberg and, and there's a lot of potential there, he's not the guy who's going to end up playing on that line. And, and I, having said that, I don't know who is. So, I mean, that's a pretty big void to have. The left side is, is a, a continuing issue, I think, right now. Um, you know, Pontus Holmberg, yeah, they like him. And I, I see why. There's, there, there's some, some more potential there. Yeah. Um, he, he's a guy that uh, performed offensively fairly well in the American League, uh, fairly well in Sweden. Um, the way he plays when he doesn't have the puck, I, I see what you're saying there. But I don't know. I just still have a hard time getting past 
the the look of Pontus Holmberg on the top line of a a team that wins the Stanley Cup. I I don't know. I just it just doesn't it doesn't have the right feel to me right now. Um, you know, Nyes has looked good there at times. At other times, as you said, he's been mistake prone. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi's been okay, I guess. You know, really since the first ten games of the year, I haven't minded his game, but. You know, he is what he is, and he's not going to drive offense. He's going to be a complementary part um, to offense. So, you know, when when William Nylander isn't going and John Tavares isn't going, if Tyler Bertuzzi's on that line, not much is happening. And and that's what happened the other night against Colorado, where that line ultimately got broken up. Um, so, so that's an issue. And then, you know, you look on the third line, is it – is it Holmberg? Is it Robertson? You know, whoever it is, uh, Nick Robertson's been at best okay when he's been in the lineup. He's got an elite NHL shot. Beyond that, I don't really know what he brings you. Um, shift in, shift out at even strength, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it, it is an issue right now, the left side. And then and then when you look at the right side, you know, like I said, when, when Nylander goes through stretches where he's not playing well, which quite honestly hasn't played particularly well later later this past week over the last three games. Um, and Marner is, I think it's fair to say he's been up and down this season. There have been games oh, yeah. where he's looked like his old self. And then yep. I would say, I don't know, 50, 60% of the year, he's been, he's been just okay for his standards. Um, that's when you're going to run into to issues like last night where they, they really struggled to generate much at all. Um, and when you allocate the money the way they have, um, and your, your top guys go in the tank for a period of time, uh, the results don't look anywhere near as good as you'd like them to look. Well, we've got a lot of that this year. I mean, that would describe the team that we're, that we're covering this year. Um, last night, Sunday night against Detroit, Marner scores at 18-18 of the second period, 2-1. In the third period, there's a, a pretty severe Detroit forecheck that the Leafs couldn't solve. Uh, it took until, what, there's... Uh, what time was that goal? 1820 was the, uh, the eventual winning goal. So it took them that long to tie the game and then take the lead. And that was all because of a uh, forecheck that the Leafs just could not sort out or, or get through. Uh, and then that's a problem for me just because they had the lead. All they had to do was add to it and they couldn't do it. Yep. And, and then giving the lead up the way they did, it was not, um, it was not a play where they were hemmed in for, you know, minute, minute and a half, and eventually they broke down. It no. was a, a, it was a pretty, you know, run of the mill standard puck retrieval type situation where they were in control. And like, if you want to be a real team, that's a puck that you have to be able to go back, retrieve, and 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 move efficiently. You know, like yeah. t- ten times out of ten, quite honestly, right? Like because the one mistake that you make is what ends up making the difference in a hockey game, not only in, in, in January, but certainly at the most important time of the year in the playoffs. That That's a puck that needs to be moved 10 times out of 10. And and McCabe and, and Lilligren uh, broke down there. Uh, so, you know, they there have been a lot of occasions this year where guys that they depend on to play significant roles um, have just not been up to the task. And, you know, you see... You know, to, to use an example, you see on, in the Colorado game on Saturday, Devin Taves uh, mishandles that Morgan Riley flip in the neutral zone. He probably won't make that mistake again 
the rest of the year. But they burned him on that. But then what happened? It was it was Nathan McKinnon. It was Miko Rantanen, um, absolutely outplaying the Leafs' top guys in the yeah. second and third period to fight their way back into that game. And that's been the story for Colorado uh, this year. They've been banged up quite significantly. A lot of key guys out of the lineup. McKinnon in the morning on Saturday was saying it's frustrating. He says he feels like we're always hurt every year. Um, but yet they won the division last year, and they're right there fighting Winnipeg for the, the lead again in, in the division in the Central. And why is that? Because it's it's McKinnon and it's Rantanen, not just most of the time, but like literally every night. And so that's uh, that's the missing piece for the Leafs. Who will step up when they need it? And I, I don't want to be too harsh here, but there seems to be a void that way too, isn't there? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the The top guys haven't been good. The, the later part of this week, um, they've, they've really struggled to generate. And then when that happens, um, you run through periods where you go into the tank from a results standpoint, um, you know, which is, which is even more disappointing for the Leafs. Uh, you look in that Saturday game, it was the third line that, that really led the way offensively in the first period. Um, the Max Domi line, uh, you know, he, he got a goal early in the, the first, got him up one nothing, and they were on the ice for that uh, random scramble that Timothy Lilligren put away, and the Morgan Riley goal, like I said, was just a total breakdown of Colorado's point. But you get, you get depth scoring like that early in the game against a, a top team like Colorado, then you at least say, okay, well, our depth has given us a head start here. At least let's hope even if they don't score, let's hope our top guys can saw off their top guys. Um, and then we're still in good shape, but they couldn't, they couldn't. And, and, and then you end up having a result like, uh, like they did against Colorado Saturday. So that is, that is concerning to be sure. Well, there's a number of things that we've talked about and, and we'll continue to talk about here that don't do not describe a, uh, team that runs deep in the playoffs um they're not very good on home ice for reasons i don't understand uh, the goaltending situation could have been a flashpoint sunday night with samson up but i wouldn't blame him for much no. there uh, but at the same time when they did cutaways of him he didn't look very happy I, you know obviously he wanted to win that game but at the same time uh, I'm, I'm not totally convinced that he's over whatever he was dealing with uh, you, you know he needs a some sort of a um, a positive experience to, to brighten his spirits i guess is the best way to say that yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that is positive that you could take out of the Detroit game on Sunday was the fact that Elias Samsonov played in a way that uh, I think you, you can make the argument that they can turn to him again yeah. and give him another look. It, it wasn't a complete cave-in like the Columbus game in his last start. Um, there, there was something there for him to build on. I asked him after the game if he thought that was the case, that that he could build on that game, and he said, "Look, I, I'm, I don't want to continually talk big picture here about okay." Can, he's like, "I just want to focus save by save because he said that's what got me into a, a tough spot." Yeah. Um, it, talking big picture and all that, build. Can you build on it? Can you not build? did I make the next save or did I not? And, and, and he said he was, he was happy with how he played. He felt like he was seeing the puck. Well, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think really uh, any of the goals you could hang on him specifically. 
Um, certainly the, the go ahead goal, we already, we already broke that down. Um, you know, the, I think it was the Dylan Larkin goal. Maybe it was a little bit deep in his net for the one timer and went glove side. Maybe it was a little deep in his net. Um, you know, he, he went full Dominic Kasich on the breakaway attempt and missed, but my goodness, what did they give up? Like three breakaways at least last night. Yeah. You're not not really helping the guy out, right? Who's you're trying to build back up when you're giving up breakaways time and again. They gave up a breakaway a minute and a half into the game yesterday, so that was that was concerning on a number of fronts. Given how they played against Colorado, let that game get away. Sean Key put the lines in a blender, obviously to get a bit of a message, and you got a goalie that is is fragile, and they really did come out with a meh effort. They really did, but yeah. Um, you know, I think the only thing you could say is that that you can turn to to Samsonov again. But yeah, I had I had Brian Hayes on my show on Sunday, Jim, and we were talking. We both agreed, like, okay, one game alone isn't going to say that he's he's cured. Even if he even if he had a shutout, you can't say, oh, well, no problem there anymore. It's like the Alec Manoa situation with the Blue Jays in yeah. the summertime, where you know he's got to be able to string eight or ten starts in a row together where you're like, okay, this is a run of good play now. Um, one alone isn't going isn't gonna to do it. So you can turn to him again, I think. Um, but if he caves in the next time, you know, like, I still think you're in the same position as to say, well, where do we go from here? Oh, absolutely. Um, and that's a precarious situation. Uh, and I think precarious is the way to sum up the least problems. Um, when I look at that left side again, and I'm not going to be too critical of Nyes. I mean, this is his first goal run mm-hmm. at playing 82 games. Now, he played in the prospect tournament and in training camp, so he's already had a busy run, so you would expect some drop-off there. Uh, you know, I'm not saying he can't go back to that top line, but I think you have to give him some leeway based on it's his first full season in the NHL, and, and maybe it works out, maybe it doesn't. Uh, but that left side is a problem. Uh, Robertson, you know, I'm not sold on him being a regular on the third line on the left side. And, and Holmberg has a spot. I just don't know where it is. But but these are issues that, that shouldn't uh, really be question marks for a team that's trying to go deep in the playoffs. There should be no question marks up front, but there are a significant number of them, and it's it's bothersome to me. It is. It is. And, you know, if you're Brad Trilovic here, I mean, let's see how they finish up the month of January because let's be honest, Jim, this is not going to be an easy schedule here. Play no. some real teams over the next uh, next fortnight with with Edmonton, who's won ten in a row. You know, Calgary will grind you. They've been up and down, but you know they're a team that's capable of winning. Vancouver's a real team. Um, Seattle has been has been rolling of late, and they come back home for a, a home and home next week against the Winnipeg Jets, who, oh. uh, if I'm not mistaken, they're still in the lead for the Presidents Trophy, if not within a point or two. So, like, they've got a test in front of them here. If they don't get it together. Um, you know, we will, we'll revisit this conversation. It might be going in a different direction, but let's assume they get through this with their heads above water. Um, you head toward the trade deadline, um, and you say, okay, well, there's, I think you could, you could logically say there's, there's question marks up front. There's question marks on the blue line. And we, we broke down the net mining situation. There's a question mark there. You can't address all of it. You just can't um, with the type of capital that they have remaining and the type of cap space that they have available. Um, so, you know, I think they'll have more cap space than, than capital 
to 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 put into a deal. But I don't see how you can address all three of those issues. So then it comes down to what do you prioritize? And I, I, I'd ask you that question, Jim, to me, um, you know, if, if Samsonov shows that he can at least be an average goalie at best and then walls around the corner and you've got Marty Jones, I think you have to take a long, hard gulp and, and hope that's going to be good enough. Um, to me, I, I think if, if you had to pick, I'd prioritize trying to, to upgrade the blue line right now because I think that is the biggest issue that they have. Um, find me a team that wins the Stanley Cup with a porous blue line. It just, it just does not happen. Um, that, to me, would be, would be the, the priority. But, you know, if Samsonov blows up and becomes uh, a, type of, a type of guy that cannot be an option, um, you know, then do you have to look at getting some insurance in net? Um, it's going to be a, a tough one to tell. And I think the next two weeks will give us a better idea of what direction that's got to go in. But to me, uh, I'd prioritize the blue line at this point. Yeah, I'm with you on the blue line. The goaltending, I just, uh, I would wince. I would look away and wince just because I don't know what you could pick up and, and what it would cost you. And and I think history shows us that uh, this, these type of moves really don't work out so you know you hope that wall gets back and they're going to know more about that than than we do um and and with jones and, and samson up uh between one of the two i mean that's going to work out but wall's recovery yeah. is key uh, well, i agree with the blue line well, just uh, on that just, yeah. just to add to that um first point you made like when was the last time you can recall a team going on a deep run and re- winning a cup with a goalie that they brought in mid-season that's well Patrick was the only one I could come up with. Am I missing somebody? Well, okay. no, I don't think so. But to that, I'll say, you know, when was that? Well, it's a 20, long time ago. 25 years ago. Yeah. Right? And, and that was, that was right after Christmas. So yeah. or right before Christmas, but it was, it was and before it was, the halfway point of the season. As far as trade deadline goalie acquisitions, um, yeah. I'd have to spend some time to research that. Cause I don't recall any of those working out. No. And then that was Patrick Waugh. And Patrick Waugh, more or less, in his prime, too. So there oh, was, yeah, yeah, no, a pen, pending Hall of Famer. Yeah, like, I mean, remember St. Louis went out, got, uh, what, Ryan Miller, that didn't work. You know, they, they brought in Marty Berger in St. Louis later in his career, that, that didn't work. Um, you know, uh, it, it just, it doesn't seem to be no. a, a course of action that works. And then and then on, on Joseph Waugh, I'll just speak to him um, last week at practice, he, he did say he is he is happy with his progress. He said he's right where he wants to be at this point, but that he's got to be careful because the high ankle sprain is a tough one for a goalie. Oh, yeah, um, you really got to make sure that you're you're 100 percent back. So I wouldn't expect to see him until after the All Star break, which is you know essentially another three weeks three weeks yeah. down the road. I'd be with you on that. Uh, so we agree on the blue line. I really think that they need. Uh, at least one, possibly two wingers that are uh, big space creator wingers that that play both ends of the rink. Now, that that's a that's an ultimate wish list. But when I look at these forwards, mm-hmm. um, they just don't they don't push back for, to me. And 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 you need pushback. You need you need grit. You need size. You need puck skills. So I, I mean that's that's a big ask at a deadline. So if you got me one, I'd be happy. But I think they really need two. 
They need an Ivan Barbashev. They need a Blake Coleman. They need a Barkley Gaudreau. You know, guys of that nature um, that 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 always seem to make big impacts on teams that go deep. Um, I I agree. That's absolutely a priority. Um, But if you can only get one, to me, the blue line is where you got to focus. I think that becomes the luxury if you can if you can tag on a forward like that. Um, You know, in terms of pushback. They went out and they brought in Tyler Bertuzzi in the offseason. He's been okay, but I, I wouldn't – I'm not blown away, right, with the impact that he's had. Is that fair to say or you? Well, look, I, I, here's I'm going to be blunt about this. I, I think he's a great third-line left winger. How about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, probably, right? Like maybe yeah. playing a little bit high in the lineup, like okay where yeah. he is, but maybe a little bit high on a, in a perfect world. Um, you know, Max Domi's been – okay as the third line center he's been better at center than he was on the wing at the beginning of the year i'll put it that way um and then ryan reeves is not really materialized as a guy that makes any impact at all largely because he's been hurt but even when he was in the lineup not really making an impact so yeah i still think they they have work to do on that front that they tried to address in the off season i would say the returns are you know at the very very best um, okay, and that might even be putting it too positive. Uh, that's 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 a little soft. But here's what I'm going to say. I think you'll agree with this. When you um, go over Brad Tree Living's uh, off-season acquisitions, um, the A group has been uh, uh, substandard. The B group, the depth guys, have been good. Yes, yes. Simo Benoit has been excellent. William Lagason has been excellent. Um, that is an area that they do not need to address is uh, a depth D-man at all at the trade deadline. They've got those guys, and I think they deserve a lot of credit uh, for how well they've played to keep the Leafs in the position that they're currently in, despite all the injuries they've had on the back end. Um, You know, I think if you can bring in a defenseman who's better than somebody you have in the lineup right now, um, you address um, the, the, the bottom of your blue line, if you will, by just simply pushing someone uh, down the lineup a little bit. Now, you know, will somebody have to be included in a, a, a deal to bring someone in, move money up potentially? But like, you know, the way I look at it is if you can bring in a, um, a, a top four guy, like a, like a number two or a number three type guy, maybe somebody mm. that can play with Morgan Riley. Yeah. And, and then, and then um, TJ Brody does not need to be included in, in a deal. Um, well, then you can move him down the lineup. You know, maybe maybe you put him on your second pair, you put him on your third pair, and and then you've you've improved that way as well. Um, that that's how I kind of look at it. Uh, I think to go out and and to get a a four, five, six guy, I would suggest then don't even bother, right? Because that's just adding another guy to a group of of four, five, six guys that you already have. You need somebody who is demonstrably better than a four or five, six guy. Yeah. Depth is uh, not a problem. Quality is Dave. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Always good, Jim. Thanks, man. Last minute of play in this podcast. All right. Thank you, Mike Ross for that time warning time now for lickety split. Yes. Guy, no guy in the way out. Yes, guy, no guy, number one. Changes have to follow. Oh, yes, guy. This is not the group to go deep in the playoffs. With all due respect to everybody, they have to add to this. Yes, guy, no guy, number two. 
the left side and the forward unit is a going concern. Well, obviously, Matthew Nyes was dropped down to the fourth line on Sunday night against Detroit because of defensive liability, and that has to change. And when you look at that left side, Holmberg, Bertuzzi, Robertson, and Nyes, there's an obvious gap there. They need somebody who's defensively responsible with puck skill and can create space. I know that's a wish list, but that's what they need. And yes, guy, no guy number three, the team lacks defensive grit. Well, I'm not talking about the blue line, and I'm going to say yes, guy. All over the ice, they lack defensive grit. That has to change. Thanks for stopping by. Hope you enjoyed Leafs Guy episode 138. Hope you come back next week for episode 139.